0: It's good to see you guys here. That's right, we are headed headlong into a wonderful week of VBS Vacation Bible School. Uh, This year's theme and the title of this message is Make Waves. What you do today can change the world around you. So starting tomorrow at 6 p.m., we will be hosting over 150 kids. Maybe a little bit more, probably will be a little bit more, but pre-registrations. By the way, help me out. If you do have kids, you need to get registered. makes the whole system a whole lot smoother. But at 5.30, volunteers, 5.30, wink, wink. (laughs) We will have over 50 faithful, wonderful, brilliant, caring, loving volunteer leaders to help Uh, Host and teach these kids that will be showing up. Can we get a round of applause for them as well? Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Volunteers. VBS is not just an event we put on each summer. It's actually a part of our ministry calendar. It's it's kind of a really big kickoff for us in children's ministry. VBS is also uh, not just a fun time, although it is a blast. It's one of the best opportunities to bring kids and their grownups together for them to hear the gospel laid out with an offer to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. In fact, last year we saw three people give their lives to Christ. We got to see families coming to God as well as we had adults responding at that closing sessions and we are in eager anticipation for Friday to see what God does. So yeah, VBS is one of the best evangelical opportunities that we have for kids as a church. So let's take some time this morning and discover from God's word the best way to make waves. If you have your sermon notes or you have your app, this would be a great time to break those out because here comes your first fill-in-the-blank Our goal and aim of everything that we do here at Brandywine comes down to this, to reach those far from God and to lead them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. To reach those far from God and lead them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. It's important enough that we actually put it in big bold letters on our website. So that's saying something for sure. This is where our theme uh, just absolutely shines. Make waves. What you do today can change the world around you. And one of the best ways to make an intentional difference in the lives of those around us is to do this, to simply love God and love people. It's so incredibly important. One, because it works and two, because Jesus said so. We'll be heading into one of those handful of times this uh, commandment is recorded in scripture. This instance, specifically in Mark 12, if you have your uh, Bibles, you can mosey on that way. Um, We know this as the great commandment. You know, Jesus interacted with a whole lot of different people uh, throughout his ministry. But oftentimes as he would come up against the religious experts they were always trying to catch him and and trick him and and trip him up to like discount him and it was awesome because if you look at jesus as he's interacting with these experts he had two primary ways of really walking through that conversation so if you ever find yourself being quizzed by experts feel free to be like jesus and use these two tactics the first one is asking questions, and the second is telling stories, or as we know it, parables. Time and time when faced with a question, Jesus would engage others in the discovery process and lead them to the truth. He didn't just answer their question, but he answered the true question that was behind their question, the essence that points someone to the kingdom of God. When sharing his parables, he would oftentimes say, he who has ears, let him hear. And often, he even confused his own disciples, which, by the way, just gives me a lot of comfort. When I'm feeling confused, I'm like, hey, the disciples were confused. It's okay to be confused. But we don't want to stay that way. We want to make sure we get some clarity as well. So, here we are in Mark 12, Mark is reporting that Jesus has been challenged by teachers and religious experts for almost two whole chapters. The last question that was asked, seeing that Jesus gave shrewd answers, another expert comes up with another question, and one of the teachers of the law asks him this question. Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus was amazing about not falling into their traps, but Jesus did something interesting here. He didn't do his normal ask questions or tell stories. He straight up, flat out answered him. And this was his answer. He said, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this, hear, O Israel... The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. I'm sure you guys have heard this before. But in this story, uh, in Mark, the teacher replies to Jesus. And I, I just wonder, if this teacher really, really, really knew who he was talking to, if he knew that this was the Son of God, the Messiah, the I am, the Logos, the Word of God, but he didn't. Because if he actually knew those things, I bet his response would be a whole lot more exuberant. But he says this, back to Jesus, because he quoted the Old Testament, he goes, yes, you're right. By the way, pro tip, always a good idea to agree with Jesus. Can I get amen on that one? Yeah, yeah. So this teacher quotes the law back to him, back to Jesus again. He adds his own commentary about these commandments being greater than all the sacrifices. Jesus then gives him this compliment. You are not far from the kingdom of God in verse 34. And this constant quizzing of Jesus wraps up by Mark saying, and from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. So out of all the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Mark records this interesting detail that is before the commandment. He he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Jesus is actually quoting Deuteronomy 6. This part, this part of the passage is actually a part of uh, the Jewish morning and evening prayers. And in fact, this teacher probably had quoted that in his prayers that Jesus uh, uh, told him. This part that we're going to cover is called the Shema. Now, everybody help me out. Say Shema. Shema. Awesome. Love it you now know at least one hebrew word isn't that awesome <laughs> learning is happening one word at a time it's all good isn't that fun by the way you just said the word listen or hear as it is translated that's why this uh, portion of scripture is called the shema the to listen prayer Okay, now we have to shift gears because we're gonna go way back in the Old Testament. So if you have your Bibles with you, you might wanna open up because we're gonna spend most of our time digging uh, this out. Head on on, on over to Deuteronomy six, verse four. Really, you should, it's good to open it up or on your Bible, tap the little app. Don't worry, I will give you some time and I'll cover some background uh, and I'll stall while you get there. Okay, here we go. So the purpose of Deuteronomy is Moses recounting the law for a second time as he hands the torch over to Joshua before the people enter the promised land. Everybody in Deuteronomy? Nope, I heard some pages flipping. All right, more stalling. Here we go. So my family and I are reading through the Bible in a year, and uh, we are not perfect at doing this every day. But it's really cool to see for our own eyes the stories in the scriptures coming to life. So we're in the part of the Bible right now where the northern kingdom gets uh, taken away by Assyria, and uh, the, the prophets are, are crying out, says, hey, like, live according to God, otherwise you're going to be taken away, and it, and it happened. So, spoiler alert, Israel, God's chosen people, didn't quite live this verse out very well. And we as a family are finding that generation after generation in both Israel as a whole and when they split into a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom, generation by generation there was a drift away from God and at times an all-out rebellion against God. Okay, hopefully you made it there. Enough stalling. It's time to read the Shema. Everybody say Shema for me one more time. Yes. Okay, here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. By the way, that is the Shema, formally. But Moses continues with these words. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Remember, Moses is preparing his people to enter the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The culmination, or at least parts, a rather, very large part of the culmination of the covenant that God gave to his people Israel through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was a really exciting time in the history of Israel. And Moses' first and best direction to his people is to have them remember three things. The first one is this. God is God alone, and he is the one true god Hear, O israel the lord our god the lord is one verse four if you read the footnote uh, in your bible this sentence can also be translated the lord is our god the lord alone so both affirming that our lord god is one but he's the only true god our only god if we don't start with this truth this capital t truth We are building on shifting sand. We must start with that point of who God is. The second thing Moses wanted uh, his people to remember is to love with all you've got. Love God with all you've got. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Jesus included mind when he quoted it back in Mark 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That doesn't leave out much for loving and worshiping God. In fact, that doesn't leave anything out. This love of God is a both feet, all in, hold nothing back love for God. This fact is important to know as we move on. If there is a disconnect here, it really shows up in the next point. Number three, Moses is saying, live and teach these truths to your children. These commands that I give to you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Now, stop and do me a favor for a moment. Who is someone who has made an impact on you? Like, think about this person, like actively. Like, bring that person to your mind. Uh, If you can't picture their face, at least remember their name. Think about it. What made them so great? It might have been a characteristic about them that first picked up your attention. They might have been... kind or funny, maybe they were quick-witted. But more than likely, they didn't just teach you something. They lived it. The same is true with our faith. Yes, we we must teach our kids the Bible, but don't forget that this precious faith that we hold is way more caught than it is taught. Now, we still need to teach them, don't get me wrong, but living it out is so important. Again, our faith is more caught than it is taught. Let me show you the power of this principle. So you guys know uh, I'm a children's pastor, so uh, it wouldn't be right to have a Sunday morning with at least you know some hand motions, right? Can, can you afford me that? Okay, cool. So what I need you to do, I need you to follow after me. I need you to put your two fingers up like this, okay, yep. By the way, if if you're uh, online at home, you can do this as well, and you don't have to look weird because there's nobody else around you. But I have to say, it's way more fun to be silly together, right? I like it. Okay, so you got your two fingers like this, and now you got to follow me. Go this way. I guess that'd be your left, my right. Now go the other way. Okay, now I need you to make a circle. Okay, now I need you to touch your nose. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How many of you touched your nose? And how many of you touched your cheek? It's about 50-50, some of you are good listeners. But the point is, that's exactly what we do to our kids at times. We say one thing, but we end up doing another. It's so important that it lines up. Now, our children, And I would say even more so, our students are watching to see if our words touch your nose lines up with our actions touch your cheek. Okay, you guys already stopped touching your faces. Good. All right. We're not supposed to be doing that anyway, apparently. So anyway, yeah, but (laughs) sorry, okay. But there's three reasons why I think this is true for kids and students. And frankly, anybody else that we're leading, it's so important. First, neurologically, 80% of the information that we process is visual. If we don't match our walk and our talk, our kids are going to miss it. And more than likely, they're going to end up acting like us more than following exactly what our words are. Second, theologically... I strongly believe that's why Jesus said to his disciples, come and follow me. He didn't say, come and study me. He didn't say, come and read a book that I've written. He said, come and follow me. This is how faith is passed on. And practically, I think this is why Moses starts out with this all-in love for God, because it's real and it's genuine. And this is how it goes from generation to generation. To generation I want to point something out here Moses didn't stop and make a specific command just for parents yes parents are closer to kids and they're in their, the household so that interaction you know makes it even more important but the Shema starts with hear, O Israel this is a community-wide this is a church-wide call to raise up our kids that's everybody It's a privilege of everyone who can hear my voice and who follows Jesus to do these three things. Hold God high as the one true God, love him with all you've got, and live and teach the next generation. Okay, but how? I'm glad you asked. Back to Deuteronomy 6. Talk about them when you sit at home When you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. When I was first really struggling to figure out how to be a parent, and I read this verse, I was like, whoa, how do I do that? How am I supposed to talk about Jesus and tell Bible stories all the time and, like, get the flannel graph and, like, tell all the stories and do all of this when we're literally just trying to get out of the house? Can... (laughs) Can I get an amen on on that one? Or like, when you're so tired and exhausted after working, like, I'm supposed to be like, okay, impressing Jesus, now go to bed. (laughs) Right? The struggle is real. And then I decided to take a deep breath. And actually, everybody do do this with me. Ready? Deep breath in. So I want you to take a look at the rhythms in this passage. At home, when traveling, going to bed, waking up. So let me encourage you, most of you at here and and online have already done these things today, or at least in the past 24 hours. This passage is not asking you to do more, it's asking us, all of us, me included, to do different. let me acknowledge, this can be hard. Change is always hard, but this change, when we choose to really impress this on our kids and make this a part of our habits, can literally change the shape of your family tree. And that shape of the family tree is towards God and an eternity with Him and living out his kingdom. Now let me say, the Davises are not perfect at this. We are so many days behind in our Bible reading for the year that if we did two a days, it would probably take us a week to catch up. Progress, not perfection. So, don't try to change all of these rhythms at once let's just pick one. So here are the four general times, morning time, home time, drive time, and bedtime. If you have your notes or on the app, uh, circle or, or just write out in the next blank, which one you think you have the most margin to make some changes in. Now, pro tip, if you are a morning person, don't try to change your bedtime routine. It doesn't work, right? If you are an evening person, any evening people out there, raise your hands. Yes, my people. Don't try to change your morning routine. Like for me, and it's, and it's simple swaps that can make this happen. At bedtime, I just need to stop watching a couple of YouTube videos. Put a little bit more Bible reading in. It's, it's really, really that simple. But it's not, it's not easy to do from times from time to time. So write that in and then pray this prayer. And then I really believe in step with pleading to God and asking for uh, help in the Holy Spirit, he's gonna answer this prayer. And the prayer is this, God, show me one thing I can do to connect with you better during whatever time, amen. And then simply commit to that time for a, a specific length of time. Set an alarm. Set a reminder. Tell somebody in your family, and more importantly, tell somebody outside of your family to help hold you accountable. We're better together, for sure. It's a simple commitment, but again, it's not to add more stuff into your calendar. It's just to change little steps in what you're already doing. Little changes over a long period of time can make a tremendous difference difference. Okay, so what I need you to do, I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to do different. <laughs> nope, you've spoken it out now. you got to live with integrity, so you got to do it. Alright? That's all i got to say. So, but in all sincerity, this prayer, God, how can I better connect with you, is always one that he is going to answer. He is eager to connect with you. After all, God loves you. Let me say that again. God loves loves you for those of you who have kids we have a few extra little helps to help put this into practice Um, when you go to pick up your kids please pick up your kids (laughs) okay when you go at the check-in stations both in Adventureland for the elementary kids and small town for the preschool kids we have printed out this little guy right here called a parent queue and it lays out simple little prompts and it also lets you know what they've learned over there. By the way, this side's probably my favorite. So at lunch today, it may give you a question to ask. In the morning time, it might give you some little activity to do. And they're, not, they're like less than like two sentences long. Again, not more, just a little different. Big, big change can happen. For those of you who have kids and students, let me say, firmly that Brandywine Community Church is with you and for you as a parent. We have super practical ways to come along beside what you are already doing. And let me take this as a point here to say, we hang out with your kids maybe one, maybe two hours a week. We, we can rub off this faith stuff. We can speak into their lives. We can teach them. We can have cool, fun things that we do. But again, faith is caught. Own it for yourself and let it be contagious and those conversations naturally happen. But we do want to come alongside you. So if you have a preschool age kids, um, I cannot say enough about mops, mothers of preschoolers. Uh, There's an open house coming up in August, so keep your eyes peeled for that. If you have a three-year-old through sixth grader We are starting back our Awana program, but really and truly, the secret sauce of Awana is not what happens on Wednesday. It equips you with the tools and uh, the books and the pages to go through to help them learn little by little each day. Again, little changes over a long time can make a big difference. So if you wanna register your kiddo for that, brandywinechurch.org slash events, or better yet, if you have a free Wednesday, we would love your assistance in being an Iwana volunteer. Now, before you go say, whoa, 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 uh, I don't know how to teach, I don't know how to lead. If you literally can sit and listen to a kid, which I know is a stretch for some of you, but the biggest help that we need is literally people to sit with these books so that these kids can show you how much they know and you sign off on uh, their memory verses. It's so easy, so easy, but a big way to make an impact. To our students, do we got students out there? I think I see a couple of you guys, all right, very good. You need to join us for Survivor Weekend. This is sixth graders through 12th grade. And then show up at youth group, Uh, one up, Tim, 412. And to you students out there, I, I wanna give you a little of encouragement, maybe a kick in the pants a little bit here If you feel like you've kind of like outgrown youth group as a student, you've missed a really great opportunity to demonstrate your leadership skills to other students. We need you to lead. We need you to step up. Don't check out. This is how you own your own faith when you put it into practice. It's not too late. We're ready for you. We'll show you the ropes. And last, but certainly not least, what we do on Sunday mornings, And it's so, you're you're here, it's so easy. At the 11 o'clock service, this service right now, we have groups for every single age group, birth through high school. And let let me level with you real quick. When you miss church, in big church, like we like to call it here, you can catch the sermon on the replay. You can go to the website, you you can see it if you miss a Sunday. You can even listen to worship music in your car as you're going to work or or something like that. But there is no substitute for kids and students than connecting in person. Another thing, if you've tried to watch the sermon when you've got kids around at home, any struggles on that one? We did. Plus the like, The snacks in the fridge were a whole lot easier to get to instead of being focused right here and having the communion of everybody together, the community. So, not to mention getting your kids here, it's a blast. It's a really, really fun time. And speaking of blast, I would like to take a moment to say thank you to those responsible for making this place awesome for our kids and students. First of all, if you are a parent, of a kid in any of our programs or even if you're just a parent please stand up if you are a parent of child's in our program these ladies and gentlemen are on the front lines can we get a a round of applause for them absolutely now now keep standing keep standing keep standing i know i know if you have served in one of our ministries either but in the past or currently in any of our kids or student programming, please stand up as well. This includes MOPS caregivers, Awanas, yes, VBS. Round of applause for these people. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making this an awesome place to be a children's pastor at. So you may have a seat for me. Yeah, so church, One last story as we wrap up for today and discover the best way to make waves, doing something today that can change the world around you. So I was preparing this message and I shared the Shema passage with my men's group and they pointed out a few things, but this is one of them. Good King Josiah in the Old Testament, he came into power when he was about six years old. And I think when he was about uh, 24 uh, or 26, in Second Chronicles 34, he discovered the book of the law in the temple renovations. They were clearing everything out from all that had gone on before and they were making it right. And one of the guys pointed out in my men's group that if Israel would have actually lived out the Shema, Josiah would have never had to rediscover God's word. Let's take this as a reminder that we must uphold our sacred duty to live and to teach the gospel to our kids. And remember, hear, O Israel, these commands are for all of us. So what's the best way to make waves? By the way, do any of you have uh, fill-in-the-blank anxiety going on? Because <laughs> we're about to fill in those two. So here, here we go. We can make waves intentionally by loving God and loving people. And in fact, we have to. If we don't do that one, we have nothing to, to, to share with anybody else. But we make waves exponentially when we teach our kids and our students to love God and love people. Our faith is way more caught than it's taught. And even if you don't have kids, your faith and your influence may encourage that parent who's really struggling to lead well in their home. Maybe your faith and influence may boost that grandparent who for whatever circumstances is having to parent again. Your faith and your influence may end up changing a family tree that's not even yours. And that change will echo through eternity. But I wanna give you one thing. It's impossible because I've tried to make waves in and of my own self the first impact, the first wave that needs to hit is you coming to a relationship with Jesus. Realizing that, that we are bankrupt and we want something better. And, and maybe you're here and you're like, hey, life's pretty good. Man, don't live for what's temporary. Live for what is eternal. So here in a moment, we're about to to share communion. But as I pray, and as I conclude this prayer, if you want to start that journey with God, if you really want to make a difference and live a life that's on purpose and has passion and has direction and is making a difference, stand on up and head on over to our yes table and receive Jesus's free gift of new life, New passion and a new way to live. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word that it opens up and teaches us how to live. God, and for anybody out there right now in this place and both online. If there's a heart out there that is realizing that they need something better than what they've currently got. May they come to the place where they can say, God, I need you. I am a sinner. I am broken. I want this passion I want something different. I want to make a difference in my, in my world and to live on purpose. God, I thank you that when anybody cries out that prayer and takes the next step, you are there to meet them and guide them and love them. God, may, may we receive that message anew and afresh as we celebrate this this wonderful gift called communion where we reflect and we remember your son and what he did on the cross. Through his death, through the pain, through the tears, through the shedding of blood, we are made right with you. God in that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. God, I pray that you would protect our unity, that you would help us grow together, that you would allow us to lay down the things that are holding us back and to take up your Holy Spirit. God, I pray as we reflected this time that we would be ready and prepared to make those small changes that are gonna last, those small changes that can make a huge difference as we grow closer to you. God, help us. No, God, may you make big waves this week as we go through VBS and empower us in each and every single area of our lives to live on mission. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Communion is now open. We also have uh, the little communion cups in the back as well. Be blessed.